Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Trying to get into farming from scratch is not something that happens often these days, as the price of land and equipment is prohibitive to most 20-year-olds. This was exactly the situation faced by Sarah McLean, who grew up in a fifth-generation farming family. She knew the possibility of running the family farm was a long way off, so she left to become a neuropsychologist, a career that would let her start saving for her own property. Along the way, she has pursued every opportunity to help make her dream become a reality, and one of those was successfully applying for the Young Farmers Scholarship. I'm Drew Radford and Sarah joins me in the AgVic Talk studio to discuss pursuing a dream that many would have shied away from. Sarah, thanks for your time. Thank you, Drew. Sarah, you and your husband Byron have done it the hard way to become farmers. There aren't too many people that start from scratch these days. Yeah, that's right, Drew. I was actually born into a farming family. Uh, However, having two siblings you know, basically I didn't want to wait to ensure sort of succession plan because we didn't want to, I didn't want to farm. So when I was 60, I wanted to farm when I was young and could still enjoy it. And my husband wasn't born into a farming family at all. He actually was born in Geelong in the middle of town, although he was always interested in farming. And so he, you know, sort of worked on some local properties and things like that from a young age. But you left the farm to become a psychologist though. So did you give up that dream at some stage? Uh, I always had the dream. I guess I just didn't really know how to sort of follow that dream and do it when I was young. Everyone sort of said that it's not possible and it costs too much money to buy your land and then you've got to buy your cattle and machinery so you can't really set up. You know, most kids where I grew up, they all left the family farm to get a profession. I remember when I was really young, a doctor asked me, what I want to do so just my local GP and I said I want to farm and they said well how are you going to do that <laughs> and I was about 12 at the time and I said oh I guess I'll get an education and try and save up a bit of money so I can buy some land so it was sort of always in the back of my mind and I always did like psychology as well I worked with horses and I think that sort of got me thinking about I guess the mind and you know actions and behaviors and mental state and so I went to Melbourne and yeah I studied neuropsychology which was eight years in Melbourne That's quite a step away from farming. What was involved in terms of getting you back on the land? I guess it was always in the back of my mind. And as soon as I qualified, I got a job in Warrnambool. So that was sort of the closest large centre to where my parents were to try and get back on the land. And then I guess I was trying to figure out how I was going to buy my first parcel of land. Originally, I was thinking maybe maybe 20 acres or something so I could have my horses and then uh, when I met Byron, he originally wanted to go back and work on a station um, up in the Kimberley somewhere. And, you know, as we sort of got talking about different models, he had sort of had the same background as me and said that he always thought that he would never own his own place because that's sort of what you're told. You know, unless you inherit it, you don't get it. And then we sort of saved hard. We worked hard. And then we managed to buy our first block of 90 acres. That's a long path just to get to your first 90 acres. You've growing it from there though haven't you so we're up to about 700 acres now we bought 90 acres and a lot of people said oh you know I wouldn't be bothered with 90 acres you know we could run sort of 25 cows all year round and their calves and sort of sell their calves as wieners and you still need all your machinery you still need all your tools so it's you know a bit of expense for not much profit but you know doing that helped us establish relationships with the bank 
although I'd grown up on a farm, there was actually so much I didn't know about running a business. It's a bit different running it yourself than having mum and dad sort of to lean on and um, give you guidance of what's happening. So in regards to the banks here and also the knowledge of running the business, is that where applying for the Young Farmer Scholarship comes in for you to help build that knowledge? Well, originally I suggested that Byron apply for it and I'm not really sure why I did that. I think it was just sort of a gender stereotype thing and he sort of ran out of time and I said, well, if you're not applying for it, I will. <laughs> so I applied to do a course run by RCS, so it was um, Grazing and Farming for Profit and it's a pretty broad sort of course and it covers business, um, land management and the people aspect of your business. So I didn't really think I had a lot of chance because I only had 90 acres um, in getting that. I just sort of really hadn't considered myself as a farmer at that stage. I sort of thought it was too small. But it really set the scene in a lot of different interest areas that I have now. Actually, access to the scholarship helped you access doing the course. How else has the scholarship been beneficial? It's been beneficial in a lot of ways because the course helped me sort of get a real framework in terms of my business and it also introduced me to land management techniques and looking at soil health rather than just, you know, just putting stuff on the land because, you know, it's what we are told to do and also different grazing techniques to get the most out of your land. And the other thing that I guess opened my mind up a little bit was the people side of business. We hear a lot about farmers and mental health and, you know, people struggling on the land and there's a bit of a, I guess, a story that goes with farming that, yes, it's tough, yes, it's hard and you just have to suffer, where the courses I did sort of makes you step back and go, okay, you've also got to work on your relationship. So that's with your family, with yourself, with the land, and I guess be happy farming, where it's not really a narrative that we often hear in the farming sort of world is, oh, look, they're farming and they're happy, but ultimately we all must love doing it because you wouldn't do the long hours otherwise. So then the second part of the scholarship is a infrastructure type grant. So I originally had put in my application that I wanted to do some tree lines and plant trees, which I still am planning to do. But in the more short term, um, the more pressing issue was to get a new cattle crush, which before the course, I would have said that that was sort of unnecessary because I had an old crush, like the head bale didn't even work. It was quite dangerous. I remember one stage I was quite heavily pregnant with my second child and I was trying to put a fencing post in behind a heifer that was carving and she was having trouble and I had my young daughter on the outside of the yards, just the other side of the crush. Anyway, the heifer kicked the fencing post and knocked me backwards and to briefly knock me out and I had um, like a bit of a mark under my chin. And from that, it sort of gave me a bit of a scare and I realised probably the biggest risk to my business is me getting injured and to make sure that I would actually be set up properly and then and in a more safer way would actually be important in my business where before I just would have said it was probably a bit of a luxury. So I ended up getting a new cattle crush, which was is amazing. So it's actually sent you down a path of farm safety as well. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I didn't sort of think about that aspect too much. Like obviously, you know, I'm always making sure that my my kids are safe. And then when I realized that, hey, if I'm knocked out in the cattle yards, I actually can't keep my kids safe because my daughter was only 18 months old at the time. And you know, while I was alert, I could actually, you know, watch her and she was quite happily just playing where she was. It was a bit of a, a wake-up call that the people in your business is probably the most important thing in your business aside from grazing and financial and all the rest. you got a lot going on, Sarah. I mean, you're a mum, you're still practising as a psychologist, you're trying to build up a farming enterprise. Was taking the scholarship on just a real opportunity, really, to start going down a different path? With the business that we've got, 
and starting from scratch, you have to invest in yourself. So, you know, using the scholarship money, I did the RCS course because otherwise it's sort of hard to justify when you're trying to start a business spending that sort of money. Now I see that that would have been the best money I could spend, even if it was my own money. But just getting that money out of your pocket in the first instant is difficult. But I've also done a KLR marketing school. Um, I've recently just done a dog and stock handling school with Neil McDonald. We're now starting Next Steps, which is like a, a mentoring program for your business. Some people would say, oh, it's just extra time. I don't have time for all that stuff. But if I didn't do that, then it would make my job so much harder and I probably wouldn't even have had the opportunities that have come forward. So, for example, the biggest part of my farm is actually leased land and there was a lady down the road that was looking to get out of farming and she saw that, you know, I obviously tried to educate myself, you know, had the background in farming and was actually doing it on my own and she gave us the opportunity. So credit to her because most farmers that are looking to lease their land would go for say an established farmer or a larger company where there's a bit more security where she sort of took a bit of a chance on us because number one I guess we'd already shown that we were farming and number two you know she did want to give the opportunity to a younger person because if you've got young people farming in your community that has flow-on effects for the local school the kindergarten the sporting teams and all the rest compared to just giving a lease to an already established, usually older farmer within the area. Sarah, your commitment to farming seems to be very, very deep because you're also a member of the Young Farmer Advisory Council as well. What made you pursue that? I think basically because I'd been told that you can't start farming from scratch. Uh, I also have an interest in farmer mental health and in, I guess, sustainable farming practices. and. I think unless you're involved to some degree or you have some sort of platform to have that voice, that you can't really comment too much <laughs> about what's going on in politics or you know what programs are offering or what there is available, where if you've actually got that platform to speak your mind, then you can really contribute and help other people maybe make it a little bit easier for the next lot of farmers that come along as well. Are you continuing on with the council? It sounds like you've got an enormous amount going on in your life as is. Yes, I'm continuing on in the next term. So that's another three-year term. I'm going to be the chair of the next advisory council. So I think there's another, I think it's nine members all up for this next term. Congratulations with that and everything else that you've got going on ahead of you. Sarah, how far do you think you are from your dream of becoming a full-time farmer? Back to that question, I guess, that the doctor asked you when you were 12 years old. (laughs) To be honest, the progress that we've made since buying that first block has surprised me. It's been a lot quicker so I'm hoping it's not too long. You know, obviously, as I said, the biggest part of our business is lease land. So that's, you know, a risk to our business because you can lose a lease at any stage. So I guess we just need to expand a little bit more and to minimise that risk before we can look at doing full-time farming. But, you know, hopefully in the next five years. Sarah, lastly, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this and contemplating applying for the scholarship? Uh, I'd say don't contemplate, just do it. You know, there's not much to lose in doing it. It takes, you know, maybe an hour or two of your time and it can really set you up to do what you love doing. And it doesn't matter, you know, what sort of level of farming business. Don't be put off if you think your business is too small or it's just in the ideas phase. Even having it writing down, and even if you don't get the scholarship, putting your dream down on paper can be of a benefit anyway too. Sarah McLean, you're doing an amazing job of pursuing your dream of being back on the land, in between running a farm, being a mum, a neuropsychologist and also Young Farmer Scholarship recipient. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the AgVic Talk studio. Thank you very much, Stu. For more information about the Upskill and Invest Young Farmers Scholarship and other young farmer resources, visit vic.gov.au forward slash young farmers or search Young Farmers Business Network on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.